0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Flight Test Podcast. I'm your host James Wormsley and today we have a podcast topic that will be of interest to hopefully all of you and very relevant to I'm sure a good many of you. Uh, We're talking about turning your passions into work, how the RC hobby can benefit you career-wise and how to get places using it. Now, of course, um, the RC hobby is a tool that you can use just for relaxation and for having loads of fun with your friends. But I thought it would be quite interesting to sort of explore this topic of... Um, maybe you know going into sort of drone work and photography and stuff like this that a lot of people have done from originally being. Um, just hobbyists and people like you and me who just enjoy RC airplanes and multi-rotors and all of these kind of things. So yeah, that's why I thought it'd be fun to explore this topic today. Before we get into this podcast though, uh, we've got a quick announcement here at Flight Test HQ. Uh, Many of you will have already seen this already through flighttest.com and announcements on the Flight Test Facebook page. But just so everyone is aware... Um we are we've just released our first book. Um so this is it's called the the flight test book of RC Airplanes, um and we're all very excited about it here. Uh so yeah, and, and I especially because I actually wrote it. <laughs> um but yeah, so this is um quite exciting because we've started to publish printed books to go along with our wheel kits and RC gear on the store. and this is so that you You guys in the community have a physical, tangible means of learning about the hobby in a different way to how you might have learnt about it before. So, through watching videos and reading articles. Um, So, yeah, this book is uh, angled at beginners uh, in particular, but we wanted to establish a sort of solid foundational layer as uh, hopefully the first book in a series of publications um, but it can really be appreciated by anyone, even if you're a pro pilot. Um, you know, from from beginner to pro pilot, you'll still get value and be able to own a piece of flight test on your your personal bookshelf or coffee table. So that will be nice for you. That being said, getting back to the podcast, today's guest joining me to talk about RC is YouTuber Daniel Riley. Um, you may know Daniel from his excellent YouTube channel RC Test Flight, where he has been posting videos of RC projects. For absolutely for years and years. Um, he's done all manner of crazy builds from gigantic cargo planes to space shuttle lifting bodies to solar-powered RC airplanes. Recently, Daniel started working for FreeFly Systems, um, a company that specializes in huge payload-carrying drones such as the Alta, along with gimbals like the Movi. As you'll hear from our conversation, Daniel's early exploits in the world of RC helped him when it came to his career. Um, So this was a really great discussion. I've been a fan of Daniel's Work for even longer than flight tests has actually existed, so it was really nice to get the opportunity to talk to him for half an hour. He really inspired me when I was a lot younger to get into RC airplanes and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it was really nice to talk to him for half an hour, uh, and I I don't think I geeked out too much. But I'll let you be the judge of that. (laughs) So, um, all right, let's get into the podcast. I think that you're really going to find it interesting. This is Daniel from RC Test Flight. By asking our guests how they got into RC and you know their their story so far, basically. Um, so yeah, how how did you get started with all this drone stuff and uh, and all the good stuff that you've got on your YouTube channel?
1: Geez, it must have been like two thousand seven or eight. It was a really long time ago, but I just remember you know at the time I was probably ten years old or so, and. You know just browsing youtube watching uh just videos of rc planes and stuff and i remember uh, being like obsessed with the rc powers channel
0: oh yeah um, yeah they, they did too. that
1: yeah like the flying school bus and mm-hmm. all those super cool park jets and that just kind of got me mesmerized and i just decided that like i had to build something like that and i had to you know just get into rc planes however i could and uh I, my first plane was a Hobby Zone Super Cub, and I just flew that thing like every day, and you know, got to the point where I was modifying it, making it much more controllable, putting bigger motors and bigger batteries in it, and just you know, just using the crap out of the thing. So, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And then after that, I eventually decided that I wanted to start scratch building, so I built a or I bought a Yak fifty five kit off the internet. Oh yeah, just like a little foamy kit Mm -hmm. and I just remember having no clue how to connect any of the components because I lived (laughs) up in a little mountain town where like no one else flew RC and I didn't really know anyone that knew about it so I was just kind of like plugging things in however I thought it might work (laughs) and I just ended up like burning out a ton of components and it was kind of a a you know a learning process very big learning process for me at the time especially as an 11 year old but (laughs) i eventually figured it out and got like a power system combo working and a a radio with servos working and once i had you know those kind of building blocks for for scratch building i just went crazy with it and started building all sorts of planes
0: yeah so that's
1: That's kind of how it started
0: that's awesome well, I can certainly draw quite a few parallels to that story. I mean, for one, I, I also got a, a hobby zone uh super cub for my first plane. So yeah, it was that was pretty uh I used to fly that thing all the time. It was just, yeah it was really good. It was a good They're Excellent. Out. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um but yeah, that that's that's really cool. And I, I remember starting to watch your YouTube channel way back in the day. And uh there was just yeah, you were making so many different planes and stuff. Really yeah <laughs> I
1: had no clue what I was doing <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well you certainly pulled it off so <laughs> <laughs> well thank you <laughs> um, so yeah anyone who's been watching your uh, YouTube channel videos recently will have seen you're sort of uh, working with some very expensive looking film gear that's um, right and that's because you as you mentioned before you work for free now so uh, yeah how, how did you get involved with free fly
1: so Turns out, um, in some cases, a YouTube channel can be much better than a resume. Um, (laughs) So Tab, for Shaw, the founder of FreeFly, or at least one of the founders, was kind of familiar with my YouTube channel. I think he had watched a few of the videos. Um, And then about two years ago, so in 2016, I uh, ended up doing an internship at FreeFly just for the summer. So did the summer internship and uh, just had a, a blast out here, um, just did a bunch of drone testing and gimbal testing right as Movi Pro was being developed, and um, it was great. So they offered me a full-time job offer at that point, but I, tur- I turned it down because I wanted to go back and finish college in Utah, because I was having a good time with that. Um, So I went back, finished college, did a little bit of traveling afterwards, and then moved back out to Washington. So here I am.
0: Cool. That's really cool, yeah. Um, So yeah, uh, where did you, just out of interest, where did you go traveling to after uh, college? Um,
1: I went with two friends, and we started in Thailand, um, in kind of the, the southern part of Thailand, and just kind of worked our way up into northern Thailand and then we went to Nepal and trekked in the Himalayas
0: for th- oh uh, wow
1: yeah for 3 yeah. weeks and it was a pretty crazy experience
0: Man that's awesome that sounds so much fun yeah yeah it was great but I'd l- I'd love to go to Nepal that sounds great yeah uh did you take any drones with you or anything
1: No we were just backpacking so I kind of had to keep it as light as possible I I did take a, a DSLR but you know we were just we were just walking like 15 miles a day just like packing food and everything so it would have been quite a hassle to take a drone not, not to yeah not to mention the fact that there's like no electricity up there
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah i was just about to say yeah like charging yeah. your batteries I'm like where can i charge these up
1: <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty brutal like you know, some days all we could find to eat was like rice and potatoes. You know, let alone <laughs> en- enough electricity to charge a drone. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, that sounds like an adventure and a half. Yeah, yeah it was a good experience. Um, so, yeah, going back to Free Flight, um, tell us, tell our listeners about uh, the sort of equipment that Free Flight uh, produces, because uh, I'm sure not everyone is completely familiar with with what exactly it is that we're talking about. So. It's sort of uh, gimbals and things like that, is that right?
1: Yeah, so FreeFly started about six years ago making the Sinistar drone frame and the Sinistar two-axis camera gimbal. And they made hexacopters and octocopter frames back then and then just like servo-driven gimbals to stabilize the camera under the the drone. And then I think probably four, probably four or five years ago, they released the the Movi M10 which was the first brushless gimbal stabilizer for like larger cinema cameras and that's what caused the company to kind of blow up and you know we were the first um in that market so we sold a lot of those and kind of started the whole brushless gimbal um camera stabilizer trend now you see you know gimbals everywhere so that's kind of how the company got started, and now we have uh, much nicer drones than the Cinestar. We have the Alta Six and the Alta Eight, and we have the Movi Pro gimbal, which is just like a nicer, nicer version of the earlier um, Brushless gimbals. You know, like more integrated consumer type batteries and easier to balance. Um, and we also have the Movi XL for like giant cinema cameras, and. More recently, we released the the Movi Cinema Robot, which is an iPhone stabilizer. So we're kind of dabbling in the consumer market with that.
0: I was just about to mention that, actually, because I saw that on one of your recent videos where you were swinging it under a massive yeah, drone. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, so that's more of a sort of consumer product that anyone could buy. Right,
1: you can buy it really anywhere. You know, they have on Amazon. You can um, get one and just throw your iPhone in it and go out and get awesome shots. Um, And it does cool things like, uh, you know, A to B point, like motion control and time lapses and all sorts of stuff. So nice. It's great for uh, for, you know, filmmakers who are just kind of getting into it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure a lot of uh, YouTubers and stuff like that might benefit from something like that. So, yeah, in their their camera bag. (laughs) So that sounds really cool. So, yes, what what exactly um, what sort of things do you do on a day to day basis then at, at FreeFly?
1: So previously, I was doing a lot more mechanical engineering, um, mostly just you know EV testing, product testing, and then a little bit of mechanical design work. But now I've kind of shifted over to the marketing department, and I'm doing a lot more video production now. So my first kind of my first uh, bigger video was the Movi Carbon launch film. And I posted that up on my YouTube channel about, uh, I don't know, probably a month ago. And it was kind of funny. It, the the behind-the-scenes film got way more views than the actual launch film. So <laughs> nice.
0: I guess yeah. I must have done what, something right. Yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Um, flight test. Yeah, we've got a video, which is the Star Destroyer. Um, I think that's the right one. Uh, it's like a massive Star Destroyer that Peter Streeple made. And uh, that that one, the behind the scenes, and on that one, how it got built, did like it's got like three million views, whereas the normal one's just got one million views. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> funny. So, yeah, it's quite funny. Awesome. Yeah, I was watching I was watching that video earlier today actually, the behind the scenes one. <laughs> to be Yeah. Fair. Yep. Um, but yeah, that looked that was amazing. That had the uh, was was it a, a gimbal on a bike? Was that one of? One of things yeah,
1: great. one of the applications, that was the launch film for Moby Carbon. And I forgot to mention Moby Carbon before, but that's a new five axis gimbal that we just developed. Um and it's like the world's first five axis gimbal that's made for cinema that's small enough to, you know, be handheld and mount on a drone. So the the other the other five or six axis gimbals that are out there are like the big Cineflex or shot over gimbals that you see you know underneath like real helicopters. So we 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 pretty much just like took that technology and shrunk it down into something that's you know handheld brushless gimbal size. So that's been just so much fun to film with. We were we were filming our electric scooters with it this morning even.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. Well, it looks mighty impressive. Anyway, thank you. All that technology. So um. Just for, like, I'm a bit curious of this because I don't really know, but what is the difference between a 3-axis gimbal and a, like, a 5 or 6-axis gimbal?
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the things that we're trying to um, convey and teach people about um, because, you know, people don't get it, but basically, so, like, if you picture a normal 3-axis gimbal, it's just stabilizing the camera um, in three rotational axes, so you have pan, tilt, and roll. and Basically, in a 5-axis gimbal, we have pan, tilt, and roll, just like a normal one, but then kind of in the camera payload area, there's two additional axes that are just pan and tilt, and those axes are stabilized by linear motors instead of rotational motors, and linear voice coil motors are much, much more precise than rotational motors, and they can be controlled at a much higher bandwidth. So Basically, you have the outer axes to do all the coarse stabilization, and then the inner two axes to do the fine stabilization. And another cool part about it is the the inner two axes are kind of separate from the outer three, so you can kind of you can kind of isolate the inner the inner axes and the camera um, from disturbances like wind um, with a, with a shroud over top of the camera. So you're kind of just basically having this little two axis gimbal in there that's just you know super isolated from everything floating in this uh magnetic field that's just super high bandwidth stabilization and that allows you to zoom in to like telephoto zoom lengths you know like 240 millimeters and still get like really smooth shots
0: yeah yeah that's amazing Uh, i saw a clip in that in i think it was in the behind the scenes video of that um that film you were just talking about but where some guy was like shaking the camera where it was zoomed in that's just incredible yep. to see that, like how stable that that shot was while he was literally shaking the thing backwards and forwards with his whole body.
1: <laughs> yeah, I need to shoot some more of that kind of stuff because I feel like if we posted a little clip like that on Instagram, you know, it would be awesome. Oh, so, definitely, yeah. My uh, one of my coworkers built this this. It's kind of like a go-kart, but with a bar stool on top of it and like a big, tall steering wheel. (laughs) And it it uses these like crappy wheelbarrow wheels and like just the worst bearings you've ever seen. And the wheels just like wobble all over the place and the whole (laughs) thing just rattles. And it's just like, it's just terrible, but it (laughs) it rattles so much that I want to mount carpet on it to show that like hey look you can take this gimbal put it on the most unstable <laughs> janky vehicle in the world and still get perfect footage so that's something i'll have to put on my list <laughs>
0: yeah that's awesome that's really cool so uh what other sorts of uh shoots have you been on with uh, to do all the marketing stuff for the um for that sort of equipment because uh that one with the with the speedboat and everything looked pretty uh pretty fun <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the biggest one recently. Um, and we've been doing a few more little shoots and we're planning on doing some more shoots in the future, but unfortunately I don't think I can give you the details on those because they're for pre-released products. so. So, yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff coming. Um, one of the big projects is the ARC 200, which is our new motor drive. And that has been released, so we're going to probably start shooting a launch video for that soon. Um, there's some specific features of it that are still secret, and I wish I could uh, <laughs> tell you about them, but it's right. going to be so fun to film that launch video, <laughs> so I'm excited. Cool. Lots of uh, lots of electric scooters and bikes and skateboards involved with that. So. Oh, that sounds fun.
0: One other thing um, that people might know you for on YouTube is your... Uh, LEDs and your LED projects um, With your like a thousand watts on a drone uh, People might have seen so yeah what uh, for people who haven't seen those videos uh, Like tell us about tell us about the uh, the LED systems that you make
1: yeah so I started experimenting with the Cheap 100 watt LED emitters that you can get on eBay a few years back and I made, I put 10 of them in a row into like a 1,000 watt LED bar. I made a video of that, posted it on my YouTube channel. And within like three days, it had like 3 million views. So that kind of, you know, raised a flag that, hey, people are really interested in this LED stuff. So then I kind of decided to try and build a little a little business around that. So that's kind of what I've been working on for the past three or four yeah, probably three years or so. Um, and then, yeah, with it, with putting it on a drone, I uh, when I was an intern at FreeFly, we just mounted it on the bottom of an Alta 8 and flew it around, and there was a ton of interest in that, too. So, that kind of started the whole drone lighting trend that you're seeing now. Um, you know, there's quite a few different uh, cinematographers and photographers out there doing drone lighting, so... I've been selling selling drone lights too through my little business.
0: Yeah. Started a trend.
1: <laughs> I hope yeah, I kinda like to think so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, it certainly looked very impressive when you're flying over a mountain and like lighting the whole cliff up. That was just amazing.
1: Yeah, it's pretty pretty fun. It's it's it like the the feeling you get when you're actually standing there watching this insanely bright light over your head like that just can't be captured on video so if if people out there are thinking of building a drone light i would definitely encourage it because it's just such a such a strange feeling it's really amazing
0: <laughs> well i'm sold <laughs> i'll be ordering some tomorrow <laughs> awesome so you said that you're not really uh working on that many sort of rc projects at the moment but um you you did post that video uh i think it was a couple of months ago of you dropping the the massive cargo plane from was it the alterate you dropped that from
1: that's right yeah that's the that's the most recent rc project i've been working on is that big that big cargo plane it's got uh uh i already forgot what the wingspan is like 100 inches or something but uh I built that I built that at Freefly, you know, because we have a warehouse, so it's really nice to be able to build larger things in the warehouse, um, like compared to where I used, what I used to do is I used to just build all my airplanes in my bedroom, so I could never really build something that big, so I was excited to start building a really big plane um, once I started working at Freefly, but yeah, I've got that here still. Um, we lifted lifted it up with the Alta just for fun and dropped it. And uh we were dropping like watermelons out of the plane a few weeks ago, so I need to edit that video and post that. But uh, more recently I I cut the nose off of the plane and built some really tall landing gear and I'm gonna put a Movi Pro gimbal on the front of it and fly that around. <laughs> really? So wow. it'll probably be the first fixed wing uh Movie Pro gimbal plane in existence so that should be a fun project
0: that, yeah that sounds good yeah I can't even imagine flying a plane with something like that on the front of it
1: <laughs> yeah the flight characteristics might be a little bit weird but <laughs> I guess you you don't know until you know exactly. so gotta try it out
0: yeah I, one of the projects I was gonna ask you about was the well this was another one which got quite a lot of attention I think uh, as well as the uh, the LED drones, but the the solar plane, another type of yeah. light thing. So, uh, yeah, D- are you still working on that, or are you, are you sort of have you put that one on pause?
1: Uh, unfortunately, it's on pause. Reason being is because I live in Seattle now, and it <laughs> you know <laughs> the winters are pretty gray up here. Mm. So yeah, uh, we don't get that much sun in the winter. Um, so there's a very small window, only a few uh months or even weeks in the summertime where i could really work on a project like that but i've still got the solar plane in utah at my parents house and i've i started working on a version four version three i don't know but a a a predecessor to the last one that i made a video of so the concept for that was that it was going to be like a flying wing Um, with kf airfoil steps and then the solar cells are kind of nestled behind the airfoil steps so that you don't need any covering film or anything like that to reduce the efficiency so yeah so that would i still really want to try that out so maybe this coming summer i'll bring that thing out here and put solar cells on it but yeah there's there's definitely been a lot of interest in the solar plane project and i wish i could you know keep going with it and keep making videos but it's on pause for sure
0: well, it seems like uh, it's one of those projects which, uh, you know, take a, a lot of work to get, you know, it's not one of those quick, quick burn projects where you can get it, you know, built in a couple of hours and just chuck it and see if it flies. You, I remember right, seeing one sure. of the first videos on it and you're like soldering those those cells together for ages. But,
1: mm. Yeah, it was so tedious. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wing is still like one of the, the nicest things I've ever built. It was just like entirely carbon fiber. And the solar cells just kind of rested in between carbon tubes. And they were, you know, very, they're very delicate. They're just super thin and they snap really easily. So soldering all those together and then transporting the thing is just kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah. And, uh, but definitely worth it. It was really fun to fly around. And I mean, I was still able to get like three or not three. I think I was able to do like two hour flights with it in its current state. Yeah, but my goal is to be able to fly all day long, so mm. that's what I'm shooting yeah. for.
0: Well, I'm sure you'll get there uh, at some point. <laughs>
1: yeah, hopefully with the flying wing design.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. So uh, I think that's about it. But uh, do you want to like plug anything on your on your YouTube channel or or for anything we should look at on uh, free fly that's coming up in the near future?
1: Um yeah for anyone out there who's into electric bikes or electric scooters um definitely check out our arc 200 motor driver because it's uh it's a nicer alternative to like FocBox or some of the other field oriented control drivers out there so i'm i'm personally having a ton of fun with that right now building all sorts of electric vehicles and um one of my latest ones was called the land canoe it was basically just like uh a six by eight board with electric skateboard trucks screwed onto it. And then some little seats and uh handlebars and you can just ride that around with like two other people on it. And it's just a blast.
0: <laughs> that sounds so like I'll so be, much fun.
1: <laughs> oh, it's, it's so fun. So I'll be making a video of that soon. Um, and then let's, let's see. Yeah. I, I recently uploaded a video on my YouTube channel of the, what apparently is the world's brightest truck i put like 1800 watt leds on a on a vehicle so i drove that around and i was able to light up mountain ranges like three miles away from the car so that was a pretty cool one if you haven't seen that definitely go check it out too
0: i i completely agree (laughs) listeners go and watch that i watched it this morning and it was amazing (laughs) yeah
1: that was a fun one
0: yeah that's awesome well daniel it's been a pleasure talking to you and thank you very much for coming on again and I'm sure we might be able to have you on again sometime in the future when you've worked. Yeah. Maybe maybe when you've done the uh, the Delta uh, or the Flying Wing uh, solar plane. <laughs> or yeah, like that'd that. be great. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Flight Test Podcast this week. Um, and thank you to Daniel again for joining us. Uh, and chatting about all of his projects and free freefly and all of that good stuff. I really enjoyed it and I hope you did too. As mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the flight test book of RC Airplanes is out now on the store, so go and check that out if you haven't already. Um, there are previews of it on flighttest.com as well, so you can check out what's in the inside um, and you can see what you're going to get next time on the flight test podcast we're going to be chatting with some of our key community members uh, about their scratch builds and their processes for creating things uh, like their airplane projects Um, so join us then it will be in two weeks time from this podcast and yes we'll chat then i suppose we'll catch up then thank you for listening